Welcome everybody to another episode of the Arsaholics. Thank you very much for tuning in on Mize. Um, I hope you're doing well. Nero, Raj, Aaronen, how's it going? Relieved. Good. Very good. Great. Good, good. So a nice straightforward win tonight against Benfica through to the next round. Never in uh, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Nero um, thought we drew, didn't he? Didn't tell, yeah. tell us about that, Nero. Nero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got through, mate. That's all, that's all that counts. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we are through um, somehow. Arsenal 3, Benfica 2, through 4-3 on aggregate. Um, Before we get into the match, then we'll quickly touch on the team lineup. Um, Probably the expected team, I think. Um, Main changes, well, from the the first leg. uh, Tierney coming back in at left-back. And I think that was pretty much it. Um, And Partey on the bench. Um, Welcome return for him. Uh, any any quick thoughts on the team lineup before we get into the match, guys? I mean, if we think it was the expected lineup, are we basically saying now that we think that Gabriel and Louise are the starting centre backs for us? Good question. Very good. Question. I don't. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I wonder if even Arteta knows. To be honest, um, I like I like holding. I Louise is David Louise. I think Gabriel <laughs> is good, but. He's often a bit rash, in my opinion. But yeah, I don't. More so than David Luiz. David Luiz, I think, like Arteta likes because he's like the old man in the team. He's very experienced, and nine times out of ten, he's Mm. he's pretty solid. the The problem you get with David Luiz is that other one time, it's an absolute disaster, right? Mm -hmm. They both play between the lines quite well. I think they progress the ball well. I wonder if that's what he really likes about them. But I did, I, you know, the reason why I posed the question is that that's the actual bit of the team section I found interesting because, you know, Man City, he switched them out completely and he just basically went back to the centre-backs that he played in the first leg. So it just indicated like, you know, fair enough, Holding, as we just, you know, as we spoke about even before the podcast, Holding had the concussion point. So maybe he would have played if it wasn't for that, maybe, actually. So, yeah, I guess time will still tell, right? <laughs> Yeah, what about, what about Mari as well? He's throwing him in there as well, right? Mm. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's a bit of a weird feeling having you know, four centre-backs who are actually reasonably okay. Um, and I'm not used to that because you know, if Holding came in, if Marie played, I wouldn't have been too annoyed by like any of those four playing because I think they're all okay. How, is, it, is it more, do you think it's more because of the players or is that more indicative that we play a system now which is good defensively and therefore doesn't rely so much on the individual quality of centre-backs. Both, I think. If, like, put Mustafi and Kolasinac, I know Kolasinac are centre-back, but put them in this this back four and I think we, we revert back to old ways, right? So it's not just the fact that we're protecting our centre-backs more. It's just that, like, I felt Kolasinac and Mustafi were just so, so, so much worse than everyone else. And now we have four... Yeah, competent. relatively competent centre backs. You know, David yeah. Luiz is still going to be David Luiz, but he's all right. Do you reckon he's trying to find? Obviously, we talk about individuals here, but obviously, the most important thing is to find that right partnership. Um, and do you think he thinks maybe you know David Luiz and Gabriel might work better together? And then obviously, he tried holding and Mari together on the weekend. So I'm not sure what he's going after. Those a left foot, right foot option, or he's maybe he's just trying to rather than individuals just get that partnership. I think what I think now, right. I, yeah, I think just going back to Raj's question for me, I think it's clear the first choice pairing is Louise and Gabriel, um, and I think mm-hmm. that's demonstrated by who he played on uh, Sunday against City. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, um, no real, yeah, like I said, not really any other um, unexpected changes. Um, went for, with the same front four. So the three creative players behind Aubameyang again. Um, so obviously a very, very eventful game. I think we're all just starting to uh, get over what happened, really. Um, first half then. So um story of the first half for me was we, we seemed to control it pretty well, kind of similar to the first leg, really. Um, seemed to have most of the ball and quite nice that we actually capitalised on our performance really with with the first goal um Aaron and so it was a really really nice goal from Aubameyang do you want to just talk me through it mm, yeah Saka with a, a beauty of a pass I think he took out he must have taken out like three players um 
in terms of like just getting the pass through to Oba and then you know just being a really nice finish and I was you know pleasantly surprised Oba took it first time because you know he has a has a history of sometimes you know messing up these these chances and yeah thankfully it was one in one for him and that was good and then yeah I, I thought we'd go on from there and and start to dominate because I I think that although the Villa against Villa and against City we conceded we conceded really early in those games I do think the increasing impression I get from watching how Arteta sets us up is like he really doesn't want to sacrifice defensive stability at the beginning like it's so you know unfortunately for us it's if there's still if we if we've got the memories of the Wenger days you know where we could start games at 100 miles an hour I don't think we quite get that ever under mm. Arteta right it always seems like he's doing a little bit of just making sure the ball's moving around making sure everyone knows what their job is and tries to get control of the game um but I think what was nice is when we scored the goal, it, it felt like it came at a time where if it had gone on for a little bit longer, we probably would have all been feeling a bit like, well, is there actually a proper attacking plan in place? But yeah, it was a moment of quality, wasn't it? As, as, as you touched on, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good because I think Saka started out kind of drifting out quite wide and trying to go down that, that kind of right-hand channel and it didn't seem to work. They, I think they doubled up on him a few times and then that one time he came inside um i think that bit of movement was really nice for him and he's just such an intelligent player and he's you know he's not only intelligent he also has the quality to deliver a pass like that and then you know he made it put it on a plate for over and he just had to finish it and i think other thing i noticed about the goal and i think from abamyang's performance throughout the game really was the timing of his runs seemed to be a little mm. bit better he was caught offside and he was you know the goal was extremely tight you know it was one of those when when it went to VAR, we were thinking, "Oh God, are they going to draw a line here and find his sleeve is slightly ahead of the defenders?" Whatever, I don't, you know. But um, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, the timing of his runs, and there were a couple of times when he um, he got through. So yeah, it was uh, it was a really good time to score. I think, uh, like I said, capitalized on dominating the first half up until that point. Um, I think in terms of the the rest of the first half, um, I remember there being a Benfica chance of a Tongan header um, that went over, but uh, it was it was a decent chance, I think, um, because he well, I wouldn't say he was he was left alone by Louise, but I don't think Louise did a great job on actually um, challenging him, um, and we were pretty comfortable. Then I think just before half time or before they scored anyway, Saka had that chance that ended up being offside actually, but he went through and the keeper made a really good save. I think it was about 42nd minute. So again, just kind of awful timing really in terms of when, you know, at that point I was watching it thinking, okay, we, we look quite, we look good. We still need to get another goal just in case they score uh, and they get that away goal. But um, we looked yeah, fairly comfortable and in control and it was just a case of seeing it out until half time, and obviously we weren't able to do that. Um, and yeah, gave away the free kick. And even then, to be honest, I wasn't overly concerned. But then again, we don't know who their danger men are from set pieces, and um, an absolutely unreal free kick for them to equalise. And then we're all kind of uh, head in hands going into first half, thinking, "Oh no, this is going to be one of those nights." I think Raj, you put it perfectly. Just as they scored, this is going to be a long night. Yeah. I think so it was deja vu as well, right? Because it just felt to me like the Wolves game where we're completely in control and then right before half time, it's just like, oh no. And then when you go into half time and something happens like that, then the dynamics shift completely, don't they? Like your whole half time. No, it's, a, it's a football manager kind of quote mm-hmm. type thing, right? But like your half time team talk goes out the window mm-hmm. completely, doesn't it? It's just like, it's so frustrating. Um, look, I think with the Sabayas thing, it's. Um, it's interesting because it's clearly a positioning error on his part. Like it's one of those things where he couldn't have just let him go past because Mm. then the guy's directly running into the box. So he almost has to stick his leg out, um, but he's obviously going to give the foul. And so I think that comes down to maybe a player like Partey (laughs) is a bit smarter about where they've positioned and then they don't have to make the foul in that way. I can't remember which one of you just said it before, but it felt like, yeah, it was like a, something that Xhaka seemed to do quite regularly in his Arsenal careers, those kind of fouls. And you kind of hope, you know, it always feels like as an Arsenal fan, and maybe 
all fans feel this way about their own clubs. It always feels like we get punished, you know, for those types mm. of things. And it just it, it just felt so frustrating going into halftime and, you know, um, given that we were so in control and given they offered nothing, like you mentioned, Miser at the Tongan header or whatever, but they offered nothing apart from mm. that. And, you know, similarly to the first leg where they really offered nothing apart from the penalty incident, right? So, going, you know, it just it felt like it was going to be one of those days. Yeah, it, I mean, we can say this now, right? It was an unbelievable free kick. It was. I mean, mm. like, if one of our players scored that, we'd watch it and be waxing lyrical about it, like, time and time again. Um, like, hit, it was hit really nicely and straight into the corner, and it was pretty much unsavable. Yeah. Um, so, but we can say that now because we're through and <laughs> we can relax, right? But um, I think the annoying thing is, like, you're saying, yeah, it, it became 1 1, but, you know, with this. The context of the away goals rule, which I, you know, I absolutely hate the away goals rule. Ridiculous. It, mm. it just it changes the whole dynamic of, of the tie, right? Because at one mm. one, if they get if they get a second goal, we we're likely to to basically be in big trouble, right? Because we then need to score another two. Um, whereas one one, yeah, it's just the way that I think away goals rule is probably it's probably great for the neutral, but you know we've been screwed over by it so many times. I absolutely detest it. That yeah. you know, one goal can just completely change a whole tie and the dynamic of a whole tie. Um, it can also kill off games completely and make them unwinnable. So yeah, it it changed the dynamic. It it wasn't good, and you know, we have we came out in the second half with a lot to do. It's even more ridiculous when you're both playing playing you know neutral venues. Mm. Like they could have you know amended that rule for this year. Um, or just had one off, one you know, one leg playoffs. Like, doesn't make sense that you know we were playing home, we we're playing both legs in a neutral venue, and yeah, we still get, we would have got penalised for it. Completely um, agree, and I and I totally agree with the yeah. I think the way goal rule is ridiculous. Sort of now, sort of the home team is a bit also the weight. I guess in a way, sort of the away team is sort of attacking more now to get the. I don't know if that was the intention of it for the away team to attack more, try and get their goal. Because um, now it's sort of a nil nil in a tough European game at home. It's not necessarily a bad result because you haven't conceded, isn't it? So it's yeah, mm. it sort of changed the complete dynamics of two legged sort of the mentality of how two legged games are played. I think yeah, the initial intention doesn't things have changed so much. Like initially, it was because home teams had such unbelievable favouring from referees back in the day, mm. and it just it created an environment where away teams just defended the whole game. Mate, yeah, it's, it's still, just, that still holds that Old Trafford, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they just did, and, and then and then they brought the rule in and it tried to create more attack football but now with the introduction of you know mm. just televised football but you know full stop i suppose but also just scrutiny yeah. you can't you don't get that kind of wholesale bias right yeah. and so it, it, it's just you know but, but you don't get that problem where you get those weaker teams just parking the bus away from over. Mm. like so yeah you i think it's completely redundant but as you say like you know, i think the point is even if you can argue for a value about it, when you're playing at neutral grounds, that's just absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous yeah, because then mm. the advantage basically goes to the team mm. who are playing away in the second leg. Yeah, because if it yeah. still counts in extra time, well, yeah. that's just unfair, isn't it? Yeah, and if yeah. anything, we we should have had the advantage second leg because I think we came we came top of the league. They came second, so yeah, we should have had the advantage. But it felt like they had the advantage. Um. Exactly. Especially if they scored in extra time. I think we discussed it before. If extra time goal, then we would have been. If it was one one at full time, and then it was two two at after extra time, then we would have got penalised for that as well. Hmm. well that's exactly what I mean. So it's unfair mm, advantage. It's unfair advantage. Completely. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I hope we've got that right, and I hope the rule isn't actually. <laughs> no, I did. I did check matter. it. Out. Oh, you did. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. good, well, good well research. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so we're what, going did you, to what did you think of the second half, Mize? You tell you tell us <laughs> second half. Yeah, just, yeah, well, so obviously, yeah, like Aaron has said, we had a lot of work to do in a bit of a precarious position, really, because yeah, concede that that second away goal, and it's, yeah, it's a it's a big job, and that is basically what happened. I thought that yeah, Benfica came out second half with a lot more intent, um, and they were a lot stronger than we'd seen them uh, in the tie up until that point. Um, and I was a little bit worried. And they, I think they made some really early subs in the second mm. half as well. So it kind of showed yeah. again, you know, their intent of what they were trying to do. Um, but 
yeah, the, the way that they scored, and I can laugh about it now, but I was not laughing at the time. Um, uh, I was, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, I'm still really annoyed about it. But yeah, luckily it doesn't matter now. But um, our corner, I think it goes straight into the keeper's hands. I think it's an Odegaard corner. I can't remember, but keeper gets it, hits it long, and obviously, um, so Bios being the man, kind of on the edge of the box, is the one tracking back. Um, not really sure what he's thinking to us. And they said this on BT Sport as well. He, you know, they pause it at the point when he looks over to the Benfica attacker running alongside yeah. him. So he knows mm. he's there. And yet he still thinks it's a good idea to try mm. and flick it back from it I don't back. Know how far he is. He's what, 35, 40 yards out from goal? Mm. Um, you know, he's not like heading is his strong suit or, you know, one of the one of his skills that we would associate with Sabios. Um so just to come, oh God. And um, Raj, you made a great point though, in terms of what happened after that um, with Leno um, and his decision-making in terms of what he decided to, decided to do as a Benfica player goes past him. Yeah, uh, that, that that's probably going to be Leno's most important decision of this whole season. It's probably the most pivotal decision mm-hmm. any Arsenal player has made this whole season. We can't underestimate that. Him deciding that, no, I'm going to let the player go and score was so important because imagine that's that's a split second moment in thinking it's better for us to be a goal down and have to score two more we can do that with 11 players on the pitch and if we had if he had got sent off that's such an arsenal thing to happen as well isn't it in you know someone makes a mistake someone else gets sent off and and it's like you you know Mm, and and the game's dead exactly so it was just so nice for that not to happen and for us to you know come back in this way that we haven't seen Arsenal do in so long like just come back in a really crucial game which fine we probably should have won anyway but you know just kind of it just felt like that this hasn't happened in a long time and so to go back to your point on Ceballos like look I when I saw it I thought all right benefit of the doubt maybe even though he saw the player maybe his intention was actually to head it to the defender who was on the other side of him. Yeah, I thought but, that as well. no, but he didn't, but he, did he? He no, didn't. No, you see it. You, it is no. But, but the question is why is he playing? Why is he playing of... in that position though? Why is he the most backward midfielder? Well, the backs have gone up right for the corner. Or you could get, yeah. So he, he's, he's he, the again, guy on the edge of the box with probably Bellerin as the other Xhaka? guy. Well, Jaka, well, Jaka, well, Jaka at that point. Uh, you'd expected him to be know. a bit more. Ahead <laughs> of Jacka, right? I wouldn't want Jacka in that position either. Yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah. I guess the point is though, Nero, is yeah. it's like even if okay, even if you're a donkey, like who's mm. playing there, right? You're right. Like, if you if you look around, what? you see someone running behind you. you don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't do head that. it towards them, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but think about Leno. I think it's uh, it's a, maybe maybe it's obviously lessons learned from the Wolves game. You never know if that was that split second thing was in his head or. Uh, you know, if that Wolves thing never happened against all hypothetical, then he might have made the mistake now. So I mm. think it's good in a way that he's learned from his mistake straight away. And, you know, he came out with his um, sort of hands behind his back. I think that was very important. You know, um, that was Leno's 100th appearance for us. Yes. Oh, good on him. Yeah, he's there, done, there was some stats he's done that, very like, well. Very few Arsenal keepers have actually won on their 100th appearance or something. Oh, really? It's a really <laughs> weird thing. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, giving a score update in the chat. What's the update from the Leicester game? Are we doing this on here? Yeah, they're two 0 down now. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got it on in the background. So, um, yeah, a bit of a surprise result. Um, okay, so coming back to Arsenal, anyway. So yeah, um, at that mm. point, for me, knowing that we need to score two goals, I, I, I had absolutely no confidence. To be honest, we've mm. not scored goals all season. We've not come back when we've gone down in games. We've not been able to, you know, claw draws back. The number of games we've lost one nil this season. I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the whole season in general, you know, across the Premier League games as well. We, we've been really, really bad. And yeah, um, I just didn't have any faith that we were yeah. going to do anything. And then you see the subs that Arteta made. Um, so he's obviously kind of emergency sub with party coming on. And I think he just wanted to hook Sabayos after that mistake. Maybe his head, head's was, gone. I think that was too. a very good move. To, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, only thing I was worried about was how fit is Party um, to throw him mm. in. Um, yeah, but okay, it worked out. And um, William as well. Um, and I think when William came on, we were all thinking, well, where's where's Lacazette? Where's Pepe? Where's mm. Martinelli? Maybe you know the guys that are gonna probably be the ones to get more likely to get you something like a goal or, or create something than William. But um, to be fair, leading up to or just as a, we, we scored within, I think it was six, six minutes after they scored, um, a few minutes after William comes on. Um, I thought William did pretty well when he came on. Um, he, had, he showed a lot of energy. 
he was getting himself into good positions. He was getting himself on the ball quite a lot. So quite pleasantly surprised. And obviously it was him that sets up a really, really good goal from Kieran Tierney. And I think the thing that stood out for me, it was Tierney that scored that goal where it's almost like, look, we need to, we need to do something here. We're going out. And he's the guy that stepped up and pretty much almost created it for himself really, didn't he? Aaron, yeah. thoughts on the team? Yeah, it was the biggest, like, screw you guys. I'm just going to do this myself kind of yeah. goal I've ever seen in a while. That's what I thought. Like, he got the ball and he was just like, <laughs> I'm going to get into a position. I don't care who or where anyone else is. I'm going to get into a position and then I'm going to smash it as hard as I can into the corner. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like luckily no none of their defenders managed to get a block on it. I think the defender furthest back was actually pretty close, but he leant forward and it just snapped past him. But yeah, like it's it's what you want to see, right? Someone taking control of the situation and and delivering. And you know, you saw his reaction afterwards. It was very much right. Still in this, let's get back to it. And I do wonder that that goal came at such a such an important time, especially mm. knowing the types of performances we've had where we've really struggled to break down teams who sit back against us. That that goal just meant that they knew that they had a one-goal lead to protect and one goal would send them out. Um, whereas mm. if they were if they had that two-goal cushion for a little while longer, you know, I suspect we would have lost motivation and probably kind of mm. limped our way to a defeat. Interesting in that analysis by Aaron and there, he didn't mention uh, William once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, look he I, got I, assist, I think, right? I think he, gets, he gets a harsh, he, he does get treated harshly, I think. Uh, by, fairly, fairly. This I think I was going to say, I think, I don't I think know, up until like, this point. No, I think fair, if you still, if you still look in terms of, in the premiership for Arsenal, he's created the most uh, clear-cut chances for us. And he's in the league. Sorry, what? Arsenal no in the league, he's created the most clear-cut chances. And for Arsenal, he's the second most assist, assister behind uh, Smith Rowe. That can't be no, true. No, that no, can't no, no. Check it out. Check what, it what out. About in the league. In the league. In the league. So second most highest chances created. Sec- uh, for, for Arsenal, the number first clear cut chances created, and any second on the list of uh, assists. For Arsenal but you know, with the, the with the okay, just be clear, the he probably got like three in the first game. To be honest, <laughs> no, that's, that is that, that is it. So he has three assists three. from the first four. game. I think, I think he's got four assists. I think. I yeah. don't think yeah. so, mate. He does create. I mean, though. the thing is, he does, uh, and that's what I do prefer. And again, we've always had this argument about Pepe and William. It's just like when I, even like today, for example, when he does come on and against Man United, he comes. He does bring the energy with him. Like his end product sometimes isn't there. Um, maybe it's a confidence thing, um, but you see the energy. He's chasing the balls. He's, dr- he's trying but hard. But when, when I see Pepe, when he, sometimes he's just like his body language. Sometimes <laughs> is pissing me off. <laughs> so, but, but Nero, just so a question. So, obviously, I appreciate you saying this now about William. Obviously, we've come out having gone through. But when he came on, no, we did speak. Not... No, no, but I did talk about him. Was it, was it the first episode when I did say, you know, he was he was one of the best players of Project Restart, and you're not going to turn bad overnight. It's just confidence yeah. with him who will sort of. I, yeah, I mean, I guess what I was going to ask you was in terms of that sub that Arteta made, Party coming yeah. on, and him. Did you not feel like? There were other players on the bench that you would have preferred. You personally would have yeah, preferred. Yeah, yeah, personally, come on. yeah. I, I okay, thought so, initially, I thought, yeah, Lacazette. Uh, but it wasn't like, yeah, I thought, look, obviously, Lacazette's your striker, right? So it makes sense to bring him on. And obviously, I was a bit confused why I took Smith Rowe off. So, yeah, granted for that. But yeah, I was going to say Smith Rowe, I mean, he tends to come off 60 odd minutes, 60, 65 mm. minutes every game. So it must be a fitness thing, so, or yeah. I don't know, you know. But I was glad he, he came on ahead of Pepe, for example. But I would have preferred <laughs> at the time. I would say, yeah, Lacazette would have made more sense as another striker. Why, why were you just out of interest? Why were you happier William came on ahead of Pepe, considering Pepe's form? Okay, he hasn't played in the last couple of games really, or he hasn't played at all. But prior to that, when he was starting and playing games, he was probably okay. Maybe maybe not our most dangerous player, but mm. definitely one of. And he was actually producing goals and assists as well. So just interesting yeah, to know your thoughts. No, he had a couple of like uh, yeah, he had a couple of good performances um, again when he was playing on the left wing. Um, <laughs> And he was, yeah, he was creating. But I just, I don't know, like, I just feel like when I see his body language, when a game like today where he sort of needed Pelé's to step up and give the energy and sort of chase a game, I just thought William probably is that kind of, you know, he's a match winner. Like, he's, he's won it all with Chelsea. Um, you can, I just felt like he's the one that could sort of, or more than Pepe anyway, that could sort of show the energy and sort of try and make something happen, which he did. Um, whereas I feel with Pepe is like, again, it's always like body language is poor, head down and I think coming into like a losing situation, I just don't feel that, in my opinion, that Pepe would have been the right person for that. What do you guys think Arteta sees in 
in William. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, this, is a, this is a serious question, right? Because so, so, the, I think the, the, the assists and yeah. the clear cut transpiration, mate. That's what it is. Percy, Percy, Nero. Uh, okay. um, William, William, has three assists in the Premier League, not four. So I've just debunked your fake news. No, no, no but where, where is he? Uh, yeah, you're professional... right. That's you're completely second. right. You're completely right. He's yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. He's second. So, so I mean, clear chances. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. You might, you might be right. I guess my point yeah, is, yeah. my point is that's so. So he played well in one match, which has carried <laughs> basically his whole season, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a, this is a situation. It depends on how you use those stats, right? No, but he's still creates chances I even I remember that game we were I can't remember which game it was now we're like quite a few times he, he does it's bomb it down and Chelsea does. mate <laughs> <laughs> honestly I'm, I'm struggling with this <laughs> I'm really you know. do you know what the main thing is I'm struggling uh, what, actually it's because he hasn't played that much though? what's Pepe's stats yeah. though in comparison I, I, I can't so no, I just got it up anyway. I think he, he was basically highest in sorry go on what I think it is is that there's a bunch of players who have two assists Basically, right? There's, a, there's like there's like Bellerin, Saka, yeah, right. Xhaka, Lacazette, like <laughs> who have got like two assists. Whereas, do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. loads. Of I think I think the overall overall um, point of that is that we st- for Arsenal to sort of get to the next level, we need to start having more players who start sort of creating more chances. I think that's just the general. The fact that, that you're right. True. If if William, who's not really hardly we've seen and if he's number two on that list then there's something fundamentally wrong with yeah with us that's this completely that's, right. i think that's the overall message so i so my my question was actually a serious one in that like <laughs> this is like it's our biggest game of the season right so yeah. far we've yeah. just gone down and within seconds arteta brings on william where like he obviously sees something in him above pepe above martinelli above lacazette well and what do you think it is so i don't so here's my take on it. When he brought him on, I think you have to credit the manager because as well as bringing him on, you could see there was some kind of tactical switch that happened alongside bringing him on in what we did. Because remember at that moment in time, all they've got to do is not concede two goals, right? So they, they're firmly in control here. But when we made those subs, all of a sudden, we actually looked probably more dangerous than we had for a long time. We were actually getting behind these channels getting space in in that kind of top left quadrant which William was seemingly getting a lot of a lot of time in so partly credit to William but i think it was part of a tactical plan so maybe as part of that plan there's something about William that seemed to mean that he was the right person to be able to do that maybe pepe wouldn't have been able to execute that i think martinelli there's a big conversation about Martinelli. I, you know, I read a very, very interesting article about you know our management of his injury in a good way. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, you know, look, I think what I will sort of agree with some of Nero's sentiment is Williams having a really terrible patch in his career in this season that he's had with us in theory. Right? He, you know, he's not probably he'd look himself in the mirror and say, "I've not done what." I've been expected to do and I've not performed at the level that I should be performing at. But that is a, there is a player who is supremely experienced and has done so much in his career and can give us lots of good things if he gets back to anything like he was. So, you know, in some ways, I think we do need to get that back. And if this is him showing signs of getting that back, then that's absolutely yeah. fine by me. Um, but I guess Aaron, maybe this still doesn't answer your question as to what is it? What is it they bring? So maybe it is a bit of experience. It's the, it's the match, yeah, it's experience, yeah. big game experience, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So Martinez is young, inexperienced. I think, yeah. I I wasn't a fan of any of the subs, to be honest. I didn't think. Well, bringing Partey on, I think, made sense because I think that was probably more out of anger with Sabias than anything else. Um, but I thought when William came on, yeah, he had those five five minutes where he was good, but generally. Like after that, he didn't really do much. I thought Lacazette was pretty terrible when he came on as well. Um, moving Saka back into the uh, essentially right back for the last 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, you know, it came off because he eventually managed to get down the right side, but there was no need to move him back. Like we're just very lucky, I think, that he managed to push up for that that point in time. So I still think Arteta's probably got a bit of work to do to really figure out this all-out attack Arsenal that when we are chasing games, 
yeah, it came off today. I think, but I don't think the subs helped him. Mm. But again, with the subs, like he was very, and I know I talked about it last episode. It's very slow with the subs. Even like Benfica, they they made the first change, so they were the ones who were trying to be, you know, trying to mix things up a bit more. Um, Arteta only made the sub as a reaction to conceding that goal. Um, so you know, if we'd conceded a bit later, <laughs> I don't think he would have made the sub until we had conceded, basically. Um, so it's back to that in-game management. He needs to take the game more to, like, should have taken the game more to them rather than Benfica taking it to us. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's I'm a fair l- point. Yeah, I, I'm I was going to... Yeah, go sorry, sorry, go on. Go on. No, you no, go. no, no, I was just going to, just just on the point that Nero made about the, the subs, I, I completely get where you're coming from. I feel like, though, across both legs, apart from maybe a, a period in that second half when we first came out, we were pretty dominant. So it was almost, mm. like, to counter what you're saying, Nero, there wasn't, I don't feel there was that much need to try and change anything. Like, okay, we weren't creating chance after chance and really taking the game to them, which I agree, but I think that's more down mm. to that lack of cutting edge in the final third, which we've just seen throughout this season. But I think generally we pretty much dominated the game. As Raj put it, Benfica offered very, very little. Mm. And the way, if you think about the three goals that we conceded, they were all, yeah. you know, kind of joke goals from our perspective, really. Um mm. So, yeah. Okay, Raj, yeah, sorry, what right. were you going to say? You were laughing because... I checked the chances created stat. <laughs> you're not going to let this go, are you? <laughs> no, I'm genuinely intrigued. I was genuinely intrigued. And you're not wrong. Nero's not, not wrong in the sense that I, the, the website, I think, that is showing that stat is the PremierLeague.com. But to put it into context, Emil Smith-Rowe has four assists, right? But his big chances created are two. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's like it doesn't. So I'm not really sure how this works. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, I, I, I use a website with over was it eight million? <laughs> eight million users. But no, you're right. On that on that website, yeah, William yeah. William has the most big chances created with five. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah but fair point. Like, what what is clear cut? Right, I know it's different. Going going way off topic here, but yeah, an assist uh, could yeah. be. I'll plus someone who doesn't does a lot of like lot, lot of work. I think clear cut is like literally laying it on the. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, again, because I, I think stats like that are so silly because like, mm. exa- cause it's hard to... Again, this says Bukayo Saka has created two chances. These are stats to wind up Aaron and mate. So I'm going yeah. to keep... I'm going yeah. to find as many William stats as I can. I want him to come in. I want him to do well. Like anyway, I want him to start yeah. smashing them in. But yeah, I think we all what, do. Yeah. yeah. For me, is any Arsenal player that sort of gives it 100%, even like survives today, like he, he made two mistakes, but I'm not going to... You can see when he does play, he he you know he celebrates goals. You know how you know he still plays with passion. Same with Jacko as well, man. Like I got I got no problem with Jacko. I know he's everyone goes up and down with him, but you know he's passionate. Um, so for me, any Arsenal player that actually gives it hundred percent, whether they pull it off or not, I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna start hating on them to be honest. Yeah, I think the issues that I have with players now, as opposed to I think the team maybe six to twelve months ago is. I think everyone at least wants to be there on the pitch. I think we were, we did have players in the past. I'm not going to name names, but yeah, they had weird contract situations. They weren't fully engaged with what Arteta was trying to do. And it was clear that they weren't going to be here beyond six months here. I know Sabias is on loan, but you know, my issues I have, the players I like, the issues I have with players like Sabias, Jacka, Willian is, you know, unfortunately, I just don't think they're that good more than. I don't dislike them. I just don't think they're top quality. I think that I really felt that when we played City, I thought that really hit it home for me. I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at top players, it's consistency. You know, it's like, because I, I, I like, you know, what Nero said is that there's times where Sabios, he looks really good and he does some pretty good things. There are times where he really does look like he can give us something as a midfield player that we don't really have. But, you need to do that every game to be a top mm-hmm. player. And that's what is really missing from us versus sort of a lot of the teams that we are trying to get towards. I mean, you see Liverpool now as a great example, right? Who had two seasons of just consistently like firing, everyone's firing. And those players, a lot of them just look ordinary now because they're just not doing it on a game by game basis. It's all about consistency. And, and, um, but, and I, and I agree Aaron and I think there's a number of our players that unfortunately, I think as fans, what we do is we, we hang on to really good and really bad moments. 
So I think we remember sometimes like the really good things that some of our players do. Like he's capable of this, he's capable, he's great, he's a great player, and he does something. What a goal and all the rest of it. Um, but you know what? The table doesn't lie, trophies mm. don't lie. You know, all that stuff doesn't lie. You know, there's other people doing things better than us, and I think fundamentally what it comes down to is is habits, consistency, behaviors. To be honest, and maybe just we just need some some players who are going to be able to do that at the level required. For sure. Um, okay, and then in, t- in sound, terms you of... You sounded really bored there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the most, that was the most insulting reaction. Like, how <laughs> Really? Guys, we've got... Yeah, you just said that our team is shit, mate. That's basically what you said. The table don't lie, we don't win anything. Wait, we won the yeah. FA Cup last year, mate. So <laughs> check your facts, mate, yeah? <laughs> this, this episode's got a bit got a bit funny today hasn't it okay, anyway. um no sorry Roger, it wasn't that i was just trying to um trying to make sure that we we cover everything in the time that we have that's all it is um because obviously it was a really eventful game um so okay so in terms of how the game ended um it for me it looked like we were well we were gonna be end up going out on away goals even though we weren't playing at home uh, and, <laughs> which is would have been ridiculous to be honest if that happened but um yeah three minutes to go i think it was um saka gets the ball wide a uh, couple of step overs and gets the ball onto his left looks up and again abamyang perfectly timing the run uh, at the back post i think it was against vatongan i can't remember now but um which quite nice if it was and just the ball from Saka, just perfect, perfect ball delivers in a key moment um, when we needed it the most. And I mean, we've been talking, I think every episode we've done, we've talked about Saka in some positive way, like the boy does not seem to ever put in a bad performance. And you were talking Raj about, so I was listening, you were talking about, um, <laughs> you know, top play to be a top player, you should be doing that week in, week out. And, Probably he is maybe the only, I don't know, maybe the only one. You might say Tierney, but um, I'd say Saka for sure. I've never seen anything less than at least a 7 out of 10 from him, um, which is unbelievable, all, all things considered. You know, he's one of the youngest mm. players in the team and you almost just forget his age because of, and we again, we've talked about it, right? His maturity, decision-making, his vision for the first goal, you know, the ability for the second goal, um, just fantastic. Nero, any thoughts on on the goal? What were your reactions with that uh, one? Again, with with VAR, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant cross, good header, clear cut opportunity, clear cut creation there. It was just, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't celebrate because I wasn't sure if it was. Uh, I think initial thoughts, I thought it was offside. To be honest, I thought it was offside. Initial thoughts, um, so very relieved it was it was given at the end. Um, and then, yeah, mate, it was euphoria after that. So it was, even then, no, I was really happy. But even knowing Arsenal, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like confident. We're, you know, I wasn't assured that we'd definitely gone through. I still had a feeling, I, I you think, know, we could have a moment of madness, and we almost did, didn't we? Yeah, I was just going to say just before we get onto that, um, the it was nice that it was Abamyang who scored um, after what happened last season against Olympiacos. Um, mm. So, and I think you mentioned, point. I think it, well, actually, I think the um, uh, interviewer, Reshmin, Reshmin Chowdhury, I think it was on BT Sport. Um, so it was Mbamiang that came out after the game to talk to the talk to media. And I think that was the first thing she said. She said, a year ago, um, you missed a chance at, at a critical time at the end of the game. And today you were able to score it. And so, yeah, it was for me, that was really, really nice um, that he was the one who's put us through. Mm. Um and after and all yeah. these misses in the first leg as well, so it was good just redemption yeah, yeah, for that exactly, as well. Yeah, I mean, he turned up for us, though, didn't he, big time? So Because yeah, he even scored that goal that was given offside with a great finish. Oh, yeah. Do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So it was, it was a proper... That looked I, very close as well. I, I agree with you, man. I, uh, you know what? <laughs> that's debatable. I reckon, if they, I reckon if they gave the goal, I yeah. don't know if they would have ruled it out. Mm. I thought yeah. it was quite... Was it not quite clearly uh, offside? It was, it was not offside. It was marginal, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Been, that, I can't, I can't yeah, that'd have been really interesting. A hat trick of goals all going to VAR. That would have been a first, probably. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I think it was just such a it was such an over performance in that way because mm. we know it's this movement that is so good, right? Mm. Getting into those great positions. And I think even that final goal, okay, if he misses that final chance, it looks like a horrible miss. But you've got to time that run. 
Mm. You know, mm. you've got to be in that place. And he's so good at that. And that's mm. what we need to get him back doing consistently, which it looks like he's starting to do, which is uh, mm. great for us, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I've realized, I think, yeah, obviously we've all known that Oba was very good at doing those, you know, those late runs into the box or, you know, the timing the runs to perfection. But I think the one thing I've realized recently is, you know, how bad Oba is at everything else. Um, <laughs> in, that, in that, like, his hold-up play isn't very good. He's not very good with his back-to-goal. Um, his passing isn't great. So I think the key to success here is just accepting what Oba is and, that is, he is, you know, an elite striker who gets goals because he gets a lot of chances because of his movement, because of his positioning. And we need to play to his strengths. Making him play as, uh, you know, dropping deep, making him do mm. things that he's not suited doing has never worked and it's never mm. going to change. So mm. we should just use him and play him to his strengths. Mm. I tend to agree. agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah... <laughs> somehow managed to get that goal and looks like we're going through um still had uh, added added time to play um there was another i think just after we scored there was another double, double substitution um so <laughs> chambers who we haven't seen in i can't remember when i joke we haven't he hasn't played in a decade but obviously i was being a bit um it looks a like it looks a bit there, like but, ben stokes yeah. with his new facial hair i thought <laughs> so it's got like a new little <laughs> I thought that was a it was a bit of a throwback to like Wenger I thought because <laughs> in, t- in the way that like I haven't seen Arteta like panic and be like we need to protect this lead at all costs mm. I'm just going to bring on like defenders and defensive players like that mm. just like with two minutes left um, yeah and it, it was quite funny I thought because you know Chambers yeah like he said hasn't played Elneny is fine but I just wonder what Chambers was thinking Oh god, I was really worried, but he actually had to make a couple of clearances, didn't he? Yeah, he was, he was all right. A couple of headers, and he looked fine, you know. But um, yeah, it was a bit worrying that that was his first appearance in God knows how long. And yeah, but mm. um, uh, nine—I think it was a third minute of injury time. They hit the post, but it was offside in the end. Thank God. Um, but that was a bit of a heart in mouth moment, wasn't it? Mm. Um, mm. But we managed to see it see it through. So uh, yeah, crazy, crazy game, really. Um, but it's a lot of character shown from the team, I think. Um, and especially the way that we ended up going 2-1 down to that mistake or with that mistake mm. um, to come back. I think really, really good character and quite quite impressed from that from that perspective. I think yeah. what worried me a lot was I kind of started making peace with the fact that we were going out towards the end of it. <laughs> and then I kind of thought, yeah, like, and but then I kind of thought, I, all these things started coming into my head, right? After, and I was like, Hang on, then what the hell are we going to do for the rest of the season? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Mm, what and are we then gonna, it was, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> what are we going to? Well, what is that? But then I started thinking about, well, it's not even about next year. Then I'm is it because like next season we're not playing in any European competition, and we've talked mm. about this as being kind of, kind of a longer term rebuild job. Who are we going to sign? Who who's mm. going to want to come? What money mm. is there going to be to sign players? Like, does the whole rebuild therefore get completely affected by this? Like. You know, and so I'm actually my lingering worry is still that now, where I'm thinking like at the end of the day, on this, on the basis of this performance, okay, great, we went through on that. On the basis of this performance, unless we improve in a lot of aspects, we're not going to win the damn thing, are we? Mm -hmm. No, like we have to improve, and if we don't win the damn thing, um, you know, unless hopefully, you know, like we discussed it, you know, in, in, in other podcasts, like if we don't finish in that top six, where there's a chance that we won't finish in the top six. What does that what does that mean for us next season? So yeah, that slightly concerning slightly concerning, whatever the yeah. case, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe we can talk about it a bit more another time. But from my opinion, is not being in Europe for next season, is that such a bad thing? Like I remember when Chelsea had that disastrous season and then they weren't in Europe the following season as a result and they came tenth and they concentrated the league, you know, had playing one game a week, every player fit, and they initially I think I can't remember if they won the league or they did really well. Um, and I think, for, I think, like I said, with Arsenal's squad, the rebuilding, maybe having that one year of not being in Europe and just that Thursday-Sunday balance is not good for us, not good for most teams. It's just having that concentrating one week to prepare for a game, Farteta, fresh legs, one season of that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it, mate, to be honest, just to see, just to see how much of a positive impact that would have on our league performance. Um, and I, don't I think, think there's definitely, yeah. definitely positives, as you mentioned, the ones that you mentioned. I think 
the 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 uh, on the flip side of that is the finances uh, element and how key Europa League income is to our finances. And again, like you said, this is a separate conversation. Um, mm. uh, and yeah, as Raj touched on as well, it's you know European football and attracting players. Okay, no no one really wants to play in the Europa League, but at least it's a sign that the next step from there is the Champions League in terms of where you're finishing in the league. If you're finishing tenth and getting knocked out in the first knockout round of the Europa League. What does that say for, you know, if this was us trying to sign Kieran Tierney, um, for mm. example, I don't see why he'd want to come, you know, that, do you kind of see mm. what I'm saying in terms of mm. we're falling that far that we're not even qualifying for the Europa League as well. It does make it a bit harder to attract players. I think it does make it a bit harder to retain the players that we want to retain as well. If you're like Saka, for example, and we talked about, um, you know, the, if, if ever there comes a time where we're still in the same position or potentially worse mm. and someone comes knocking with a lot of money for Saka in a few years, it's a big decision to be made yeah. and there's a good chance that we might not be able to keep hold of him. He might want to go. And, you know, I think it's, yeah. we need to, uh, I completely agree. I will get, get the, um, the pros that you've mentioned, but then yeah. at the same time, from a player's perspective, um, you know, it, it, it does, it, it, I, I think players do want to, at least know that if they're signing for us, that yeah. okay, we're kind of on the way up as opposed to regressing. Yeah, but I didn't mean this as a long-term thing. It's more a one-season, you know, one season just try it out, and but then if, again, what if, kind of what the quality of players going to attract for Europa League? Like, it's not. I just think it's a money yeah. thing, to be honest. Because I, yeah. I agree with you, Nero. Though I agree with the fact mm. that you know, not having that extra game might be helpful in a rebuild for that one-season rebuild. Yeah, I agree. With but you. then I, you use the chip. You use the Chelsea example, but I mean, can we really compare ourselves to what we Chelsea can't. can do? Yeah. No. yeah. So this is the thing, right? Che- yeah. I think I remember the season you're referring to, but I- I'm sure if you look at the squad that and the players at Chelsea, or well, the squad that Chelsea mm. had and the players that they brought in, despite not having um, European football, it was probably still a really, really, really yeah, good bunch yeah. of players. Yeah. So, I, and I quite, and I wonder if we would be able to compete with that you know mm. and I think also if you took talk about the Premier League I don't know how long ago that was you're probably talking what maybe five six seven years ago something like that maybe. yeah yeah you look at the Premier League now mm. and how much more competitive it is when you're talking before it was a traditional top four then it's become the top six and now it's what the the top I don't know you know it's like the top nine or ten really if you include ourselves in that um it's mm. so much more competitive you look at the race for top four this season you've got West Ham, Leicester, etc. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? As in, I think, yeah. yeah I, it's just, I'm just trying to good... think. Sometimes it's, yeah, my point is like, sometimes it's good to take one step back to then take two steps forward in the future. Um, so, like, we've been saying this for the last three, four years now, haven't we? Since we've dropped out of, Champ- of Champions League football, we thought, okay, fine, we can balance both. But I just don't think our squad's cut, enough, cut, out, cut out to. Well, I think the advantage, to... to be honest, mm. I don't see any of the players that we have now handing a transfer request if we exactly. didn't qualify for the Europa League. So I think that's a big positive. I don't mm. think, I actually don't think we'd lose anyone. Mm. So, so in that respect, Nero, like let's just say if we didn't sign anyone also, then maybe it's not the end of the world mm. um, because I don't think we'd lose anyone. But, um, mm. but that being said, it is still, we automatically lose Sabios and, and Odegaard, don't we? Unless we can figure Somehow out. Somehow figure out a way of keeping yeah. them. Mm. Exactly. Okay. We'll see. It's an interesting conversation, I guess. Uh, maybe may a conversation we might have to have come the end of the season or maybe even the next round, um, depending on how <laughs> things go. Um, hopefully not, but yeah, let's see. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think we've discussed the game in a lot of detail. Um, so we're through uh, to the next round. The draw for the next round is tomorrow, I think, I believe. Mid- midday, right? to, uh, 12 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. Um, I was just having a quick look at the odds. I think they've been updated since the late later kickoffs have finished. Mm. So um, really surprised to see, and I, I'm not sure if these are completely accurate, but really surprised to see that we are third favourites. Um, wow. So Spur, uh, sorry, United favourites and Spurs, then us, and then it's Villarreal, Ajax, Roma, AC Milan, and mm. it goes on. Um, you have to be you have to be quite crazy to put money on Spurs to win a trophy, right? Like <laughs> just yeah. generally, right? Like I know yeah. like odds and they're obviously a decent <laughs> team, but just like yeah. who who bets on with confidence that Spurs are gonna win a trophy? I don't think they're confident. Like, like you know for the uh Carling Cup final or the uh, League Cup final coming up, <laughs> yeah. like they've already created like mugs for saying cup finalists. Yeah, so yeah. like yeah, yeah. emotional cup finalists, so they even they don't believe they're gonna 
yeah let's let's joke about it before before anything happens right yeah, yeah. yeah. get them in now um so don't know i guess i mean i don't know to be honest depending on who we get how it's going to work with the locate the venues for these games i guess mm. depending on the the country that these uh the, the club that we get is from it could mm. mean that we have a repeat of playing at neutral grounds again mm. again um, obviously, we get an English team, then that's not the case. Um, mm. Any teams that we really want to avoid, guys? I think there's some obvious ones in there, but oh, and Leicester are out, by the way. They've they've been knocked out. They've been knocked out. Yeah. So, I don't know if uh, yeah. all the new what the new lockdown COVID rules are. I don't know if that that wouldn't come into play for next round, will it? Or is that too early for that? What, what do you mean in a more positive way? In a more positive way, in terms of like uh, obviously of the announcements that were done earlier this week. Does all that mean maybe we can play home games at home? Yeah, I mean, it's not that far away. It's like, mm. it's like in yeah. like a week or two. So, it's like okay. two weeks. Away. Well, obviously, if we get an English team, we'll be playing home in a way as normal, right? Uh, no, because we're doing that in the league. So. Right? So, I thought well, so. We're playing, we're, we're playing uh, yeah, away and home at the in the league, so of course we'll be. Yeah. I don't see. What, I think yeah. we've got Spurs so, in between the, the two games as well. So, yeah. you know, potentially if we if we get Spurs in three the Europa Spurs. League, we'll play them three times in a <laughs> yeah. row. I would, I would want to avoid the English teams for now, I think. That's it. Yeah. I'd say the same I'd thing. avoid English teams. Yeah. There's not any um, other names on there that really worry me, but I mean, I guess we probably looked at the Benfica time. Well, AC Milan yeah, had Ace, a good season. AC Milan yeah, had a good season. They're, they're, yeah. they're quite far out. 10, 10 to 1. Is that 10 to 1? Yeah. Yeah, 10 to 1. Ajax um, and Roma, again, I wouldn't fancy playing them. I mean, looking at the bottom, Molda, Dynamo Zagreb, Dynamo Zagreb, Dynamo Kiev. I think, uh, Rangers, Rangers will be a nice game. I'd Rangers like to play fun. Rangers. I'd like to watch like Rangers. Like that. That'd be good. They yeah. scored about nine goals across two legs against whoever yeah. they played. So, Apparently, I, don't okay. know, I, need to, I need to check my stats again now, but uh, you've now uh, got me. But I don't think they've lost um, home and uh, sort of in domestically and in Europe this season. So, they haven't, so you said they haven't lost a game They haven't all. lost a game this season. Yeah. Wow. So wow. that'll be a tough... Um, yeah. Wow. Can, so we, they're completely undefeated in the SPL. Mm. Well, that's They've cool. got a crazy lead, I think. Yeah. Mm. Well, so that'll be a yeah that'll be a that'll be a tough game yeah mm. that's, yeah I mean let's see who we get I guess is and yeah, I'd like, like Rangers let's just yeah I'd like Rangers yeah. I actually would like that too actually because then because it's not an English that. team and it's not much of a travel if you just go to Scotland and back <laughs> so, unless we have to play at stupid other venues though right it's all Britain isn't it so hopefully that will just mean I don't know that's true good, <laughs> no, no good, point. Good, yeah. point. Yeah. good point good point good point <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see who we get tomorrow. Um, yeah. We've also got Leicester on Sunday and we'll be previewing that in a in a separate episode to be released in a couple of days. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Good result. And um, we'll see who we get in the draw tomorrow. Cheers, boys. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Thank see ya. you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.